The Combine is here. League year begins in about 10 days, and uh, I think last season finished about an hour ago. There's no off-season. There is only the push-off. Welcome to a new episode of the Push Off Podcast. It's your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the NFL draft, for the offseason, for free agency. It gets you ready for everything. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us as always, it's Dan Buttonhook is the easiest route right. Is that right? Not just a, no. a straight go, a slant? No, that, that's Buttonhook is actually the hardest to do. I would, yeah. I was doing it as braggadocious, like, oh, the button hook's so easy for me. Ah, so, nice. I okay. drop I drop my buns and turn around. It's so quick. We are talking wide receivers in our uh, prospect breakdown this week, uh, as we told you guys last week, and we've got some uh, some good guys. I mean, wide receivers, uh, it started about two, three years ago. Man, are they a top, like, you get uh, handfuls going in the first round now. Oh, yeah, and it's, it's interesting because they're – is such a focus on the passing attack and you can only get so much time against these big defensive players that you need wide receivers that can get separation like it used to be guys would fetishize you know guys that ran a 4-3 oh my god that wide receiver runs a 4-3 now they're like you can run a 4-4 or 4-5 but you got to be able to get in and out of your breaks quick and get separation because if you can't do that we got no time for you you can run a 4-2 a la john ross and we can't use you if you can't get out of your breaks and get separation. Yeah, yeah. Speed. It's not just speed. It's not just those forty times. Um. Yeah. Those uh ten meter break. Yeah. Those little uh. Yeah. A lot of stuff we saw in the combine this week. Uh, weekend. We'll lead into it. We got to look at the uh the wide receivers that we'll be talking about today, as well as the quarterbacks we talked about last week. Uh. Before. We jump into the news, Dan. Any information you want to uh, discuss or that you saw on the quarterbacks, especially the guys that we talked about last week in the Combine? Well, I want to talk about a concept. I know we talk about this every year. The Combine should not be a place where you make a decision. You never should. If you're if you're in the Combine and you go, my God, this guy crushed the Combine, first-round draft pick, slow your roll. <laughs> the Combine is there to do two things. It is there to corroborate what you're seeing on film, or if it doesn't, it gives you another opportunity to go back and take a look at that film. But film is all. Your combine is just baselines, you know, apples to apples comparative. How much taller is this guy? How much faster is this guy? But the game film is what you're going to make the decisions on always. You have a guy like Will Levis, right? So the Mm -hmm. quarterback coming out, threw the ball all over the fucking field. Anthony Richardson just absolutely torched this combine. Physical freak. Probably physically freakier than we even thought last week, if I'm being honest. Like, he put up some numbers that I did not expect to get from from Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Um, it, It doesn't make me need to go back and look at his film. 
because I that wasn't a consideration. His level of athleticism was not a consideration in choosing him as a quarterback. Okay, it was nice. It was nice to realize that there's a little bit more there, you know. But the things that I'm concerned about with Anthony Richardson are not about his athleticism. You know, what it's about, about his decision making and footwork. Everybody was waiting on Bryce Young's measurements. We got those this weekend. Well, the nice thing is all of my hats remain uneaten. <laughs> That's right. Because there's not a ch- so technically I said there's no way he hits 200 pounds. That motherfucker <laughs> probably was so loaded on sodium pills <laughs> that like you could squeeze him dry like a sponge right now. He's probably got so much water weight. But he's a guy that's 194. I mean, that's his walking around weight. There's no shame in that. He's fucking 5'10". Right. You know? But, that's the difference. It's, yeah, 7, 8 pounds. But he, you want to hit that 200. I think he went overboard. And also, I don't, I don't think you would have been able to get the sort of combine production that you're looking to get. Because he didn't test. He didn't do anything. Because True. he's carrying 15 more fucking pounds than he's used to. <laughs> so why would he do that? Why would he ever test at this weight? He would run slower. His agility would be reduced. Like That is a number to get people off his back. But I guarantee you with the pro day, he comes in somewhere around mid-190s. Right. And they'll remeasure him in the pro day too, right? They do. They do. I mean, his height will be the same, but at his pro day, he will be lighter. He has to be. Um, he'll have a pro day in Alabama. We saw, I think, didn't see much of Hinton Hooker throwing. He'll have a pro day too in Tennessee. Stroud threw, Richardson threw. Will mm-hmm. Levis did not. Um, we found out Will Levis is deathly afraid of milk. <laughs> this is the report on that. Will Levis threw. He did throw for the yeah, combine. Okay, I yeah, thought there was a, somebody else that said they weren't going to throw. Is it just Hooker and Young? Uh, yeah. I mean, Hooker's you know badly still injured, and Young uh, right, was a no go. Right. Okay. Yeah, as far as I know, that was it. Well, we'll talk about the wide receivers, but first let me get a little bit of the news. I'm going to start with our uh, the free agency stuff that's coming up here. And um, who's going to be a free agent? Who's not going to be a free agent? Let's get a little bit into that before it hits, because if it's anything like the last few seasons, the Jets or somebody else is going to start free agency before free agency technically starts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Derek Carr is going to get signed here soon, and there's a lot of other guys that are going to they're technically going to be free agents by the uh, start of the league year. Well, technically, um, Derek Carr could be signed at any time. That's what I'm saying. That could happen yeah. soon. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So even if you, so there's that that whole like you know legal tampering period. Um, Derek Carr not susceptible to that because he was actually released. Yeah. So if you don't if you don't get into free agency and you actually get released, you can sign with the team right away. Um, same thing, although nobody gives a shit for uh, what's his nuts. Marcus Mariota. Carson, Carson fuckface. Oh, Marcus Mariota, too. Nothing, yeah, Carson Wentz, Marcus Mariota. Mariota. There you go. There's a segue into it. He was full out cut, so he's released from the Falcons. Um, there's ones that are going to be cut at the league start date. Uh, names like Rams Bobby Wagner. After mm-hmm. just a year there and showing that he can still play, he's going to be released. Um, this is the Rams needing to find some, some money and fast. Oh, yeah. Got to make um, space in the cap. The Giants are going to cut Kenny Galladay. This is not a surprise. Oof. They really overpaid him for his uh, time sitting on that bench, making sure it didn't float up into the <laughs> sky. And then uh, Buccaneers is going to cut Leonard Fournette. The Buccaneers, I think you brought it up to me before, Dan, they're going to look very different <laughs> next Oh, year. yeah. That's going to be a completely different team. New quarterback, missing all players in the offensive line. D-line's completely different. It's, it's wild. New coordinator in offense. Do we know who the Buccaneers have hired for offense coordinator yet? Uh, I don't know. I think it was just some guy they found in a mall. <laughs> yeah. Um, the commanders are going to tag Deron Payne. 
So he Which will not makes get sense. free agency. Right. Yeah. I don't think he wants to be there anymore, but that's, you know, the tag is not bad. It's not, nope. not a bad amount of money you're making. Not a bad move for here for either team uh, situation there, unless you want to get out of uh, Washington, which would <laughs> maybe John Payton did. Um, here's some guys that are on the trade block, Dan. Maybe I give you their names. You let me know uh, a team, you know, not your Cowboys or whatever, but a team that needs this position, needs this player, how much they'd give up, how much you think you'd give up for them. Uh, let's start with the Rams, Jalen Ramsey. Are you, are you talking Cowboys? No. How much would the Cowboys give up? No. Uh, take yourself out of Cowboys, but any team that would need a cornerback and Jalen Ramsey's on the trading block, what do you at, what do you offer into the Rams? So you have to start the conversation at a second round pick. Um, he has a lot of money tied up in his contract still, right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of that affects like, okay, well, how much money exactly are you going to take from this? How much are we going to be on the hook for? Because if you're willing to take all that money, um, that I think moves you down into like a second, maybe like a second and a fifth. If you're willing to like split some of it with him, you might have to move up to a first, a minimum of a first to get him. But he is also a 29-year-old, he's 28, but he's going to be 29 years old as a corner. You've got Mm -hmm. two or three more years. The contract he signed was actually not bad. Because at the end of this year, his dead cap goes down to $11 million. Well, so the, the thought on Jalen Ramsey and what we're hearing is he also wants more money. Yeah, the big reason why the Rams are shipping him off is because he's going, well, I got, I also want you guys to pay me some more. Yeah, so, no, he's making $17 million this year in just straight yeah. cash with a $25 million cap hit. You're not getting a penny more of that, dude. He's not getting a trade and, and re-sign probably then, no. Um, the uh, How about the Cardinals with wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins? D-Hop still got some stuff in him. I, I think if he hadn't been uh, taken out because of performance-enhancing drugs, you might be able to still get a first-round value for the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is a 30-year-old wide receiver with a big contract. The The A.J. Brown contract last year, like that yeah. was a first-round pick for a really talented wide receiver that you have a ton of team control over and cap flexibility. DeAndre Hopkins is probably older. a little better, yeah. but he's older and he's got more money. So I... I think you're probably looking in the third round range, probably maybe two thirds, a third or a fourth. But uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see it go up to the second. I'd be very shocked to see a first rounder leave. And then this is where I'm going to ask this question. And then we'll just wait and see what he finally decides to do. The trade block for QBs of the Packers, Aaron Rodgers. What if you're the doing? Jets. Yeah, if you're the Jets. If you're the Jets, I'm offering you Zach Wilson. <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> that's not a bad. Ba- oh, I'm saying take this fucking guy, take Zach Wilson. You guys now have two QBs. Yeah, were, Packer, you know, Packers fans picks. would love that because if Jordan Love doesn't work out, there's your other at least another oh, yeah. young guy option. Yeah, you've got that backup. So you move on from Zach Wilson. You know, there's no like, oh, well, Zach Wilson's waiting in the wings. No, no, no. It's Aaron Rodgers' team. You can't have anybody else. You know, fucking milfs. Uh, in the locker room, you just got to move <laughs> the fuck on. So you say, I'll give you Zach Wilson. I'll give you Zach Wilson. I'll give you a first-round draft pick and a conditional third that could rise to a second if we make the playoffs. Okay. And he plays, starts X amount of games, obviously. Um, oh, no. It's gotta, no, that's... Just if the Jets make it. Yeah, just okay. if the Jets make it. Because the you know they don't want to... You know, as long as he play, yeah, there probably would be a minimum, but the minimum would be like six games. It'd be right. very, very low. Yeah, and it'd be like, he has to actually be on your team. You can't just take him, cut him. Um, because that's the Jets would have to absorb a tremendous cap hit. Mm-hmm. You know, if the Packers actually want to be competitive, they've got to move 
Uh, they've either got to hold on to Aaron Rodgers and, you know, do everything they can to get young, young players that are really quality, or they've got to move on and get some relief on that cap hit. But I don't even know how much relief they could offer. Well, and as the talks have been these last few years, you know, we've done this in the off season. It feels like third season in a row. What is Aaron Rodgers going to do? Mm-hmm. What's Aaron Rodgers going to do? I think every other year you were getting from Gutekunst to GM there, he's our quarterback. He's our quarterback. This year it seems like, well, all options are open, and there's this thing of Jordan Love needs to play, et cetera. So, yeah, you either trade Rodgers or you trade Jordan Love because right now what a waste of a first-round draft pick QB you're sitting on that you could at least get draft capital for. So they need to make a decision on one of these guys, and you're right. At this point, if you get somebody – it's going to take that contract away from you and at least a first rounder. I think you got to move. So the interesting thing is if you trade him before June 1st, you actually lose $9 million because he's got a dead cap of $40 million and a cap of 31 His cap hits $31 million. Can you put language into the trade that just nullifies that or gives it to a specific team? He would have to sign an extension. Oh, okay. so he would he would actually have to change the language of his contract, which but he'd be you, up for I'm doing sure as long would. as it's a team that he wants to go to. Yeah, okay. Yeah, if you traded him after June first, you eat a dead cap of fifteen, almost sixteen million dollars this year, and you have a twenty-four million dollar dead cap next year. Yeah. So you you save fifteen million dollars, but then you're looking at a twenty-four million dollar hit to not have Aaron Rodgers next year. Well, it's, so, there's no way it gets to June first, and we don't know. So the move is going to yeah. take place pro- prior to that. Sure, but you know, is it going to be June first in name only? You know what I mean? Like oh, we agree yeah. in condition, but I'm not going to want to sit and have my fucking season held hostage. You know, if I'm no. the if I'm the Jets, I'm like get me get this guy in the building. I'm not waiting till June first for him to get into the building. I want right. him here now. Yeah, and I think you would. I think you'd make that trade because he did his whole retreat and came back, and it's all this like he he. If he strings everybody on for three months of the "I might retire" talk, then nobody will want him by then. So, yeah, so they'll make it, this force before the tr- the draft for sure. So then, if that's the case, you've got forty million dollars, forty million dollars going to your dead cap this year. Yeah, that would be Whoever one of the highest right. QB. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're what are you paying Jordan Love this year? I mean, he's still on a pretty you know, reasonable deal question. Yeah. So if you say, Hey, we just, you know, we're going to eat a $40 million cap hit this season. Sure. That sucks. Like you don't want to do that, but at the same time, what is your other option? You know what I mean? Keep him and paying him. Yeah. Yeah. You can keep him and you can keep him and pay him and it's $31 million and you say, Hey, we're going to, you know, do this thing again. Cause that cap hits actually not unbearable. The cap hit gets unbearable next year. That's when the cap hit gets fucking ludicrous. Yeah, but right now it's only thirty-one million. Thirty-one million for Aaron Rodgers actually makes a ton of sense. Um, all right, well, we'll see what happens with these uh, guys on the quote-unquote trade block. But those are the big names, and I'm interested to see what ends up with them. Um, free agency. Ooh, Jordan and all that's loves making to... making less than four million dollars this year because they haven't given him a second contract, right? Uh, they picked up his. I think they're picking up his fifth-year option. Just I the don't option. Know if, yeah, but yeah. his fifth-year option pays him twenty million. Well, as a rookie, or as a first-round quarterback, yeah, I, that, I think it would. So they um, have him for team control for two more years. So if you want to find out, you know, you basically you say, it. hey, we're picking up your set, your fifth-year option, but we're going to find out this year whether you can play. Yeah, you got to play him. You got to get him on the field. Um, okay, so uh, after that, we got some coordinators. 
Bills defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier. I know him well. He's going to take a year off from coaching, quote unquote. Um, that's the Strange. report that came out. Yeah, I mean, the Bills uh, defense kind of fell apart at the end of the season. I mean, they went through a lot of stuff with Hamlin and things like that. But maybe this was it is a nice way of uh, Frazier stepping down. I don't know, but so that's where we're at now. Is the Bills will need a new defense coordinator at least for this season if he comes. I back. mean, he's also. He's also been coaching since 1988. Yeah. You know, I mean, when you th- when you think about it, like, you and I are almost 40, you know? True. If you've been coaching for 30-plus years, he's he played for the Bears for four years, between 81 and 85, and then he went into coaching. So he's been in football for a long-ass time, and he's 63 Co- years old. Anytime these yeah. guys retire, I'm like, I'm kind of shocked they held on as long as they did. Well, you know, it's all they've known. He, yeah, he played football, then into coaching. It's tough to walk away. Ask Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other coordinator I have for this week is the Eagles defense coordinator will be Sean Desai. Interesting. Yeah? Interesting. That's what yeah, I saw. Sean, Unless this changed again. but Yeah, Sean Desai was, I want to say he was, was he a Bears? Was he a Bears yes. defensive coordinator? He was with Chicago. In the past, that's true. I don't mean. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, he was. He was the Bears. He was with the Bears for a long time. He was not very good. <laughs> that's, well, that's a bit to, of a strange thing. Yeah. Yeah, fill up their coordinators here. Um. Okay. Uh, Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter had a rough week. We need to talk about it. it. Was the news to start Combine Week? Uh, here, just the end of last week. Um, he is the defensive end for Georgia. A top five prospect. We're going to be talking about him because we're going to talk about him in the edge group, right? Yeah. Well, I was actually going to move him to the interior. Okay. I wondered. Because um, he's 6'3", inter- 314, but I was going to move him to interior. Yeah. So so he'll be a prospect we look at because he is a top five guy. This is what happened. So arrest warrant came out for him this week due to there being a fatal crash in January that killed a former teammate and a University of Georgia staffer. That guy's blood alcohol came back at a point one nine seven, which is like past the point where you should be uh, passed out. <laughs> um, no, well, no, isn't like point? I think point one eight is no point oh eight is point oh eight is legally drunk. Anything above, I'm saying point one nine seven one nine seven was what is yeah, yeah. That's high. It's very high. No, it's if you get into point two fives, then you're like looking at alcohol poisoning. Point one yeah. nine is is you're drunk. I mean, you're fucking drunk. Shouldn't be behind wheels. So they were. Yeah. Uh, the the report is reckless driving and racing happening. Um, late night, like two a.m. something away from a bar or something. So, and he has been uh, now point pinpointed as somebody that might have been there. I don't know what the other than the, the reckless dri- driving and racing charges have been put on him he turned himself in paid bail got out wednesday night came back has done some uh um combine stuff after the fact like he hasn't gone like completely you know the his uh legal staff and things aren't telling him to you know take it slow and and stay quiet and you know put everything to his attorneys he's actually talking about it so maybe this stuff blows over before the draft comes around I mean, the only thing you can do is just kind of lean into this shit. I mean, I didn't think he was linked to it. And then it's like, oh, by the way, uh, the number one 
yeah. prospect in the draft was there and probably was involved in the death of two people. You're like, right now it's misdemeanors. So, right. you know, I think if you're the families of the people that died, I think you're like, I kind of want them to make it to the NFL. <laughs> like, you know, I, you know, you're like, I kind of want to get that money from the NFL. Like, I know I'd be furious if, you know, this guy killed my daughter, but at the same time, I'd be like, I don't know which one I'd want more. Do I want him in jail missing the NFL or do I want to bleed him dry financially mm. and, you know, have a, a better life for my family? That's yeah. Didn't think of it in that, in those terms, but it sounds like right now it's not going to, well, we'll see if it affects uh, this stuff. I mean, it's weird how this stuff comes out here and when it does. And I feel like sometimes it's, it's decided at a certain time. We, t- you know, talk about the, um, what's his name who got drafted by the the Dolphins, Lael Collins, and his picture yeah. of the 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 big. Oh, that was Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil had the, that. Yeah, one. Laramie Tunsil there, but Lael Collins was involved in a you know a thing with girl murder yeah, investigation. That's right, yeah. the murder investigation. That's what. Get those guys mixed around, but those were both guys I wanted to bring up. That felt, hurt. If you're a big boy, if you're a big boy from the South, there's a pretty good chance you're going to be involved in some sort of drug or murder investigation. Yeah, you're a big guy. You're going to get pointed out there. It's it's hard to miss you. Yeah. So. Did he look like he played professional football? He very much did. But we don't, yeah. Without much of understanding what happened, um, it's just unfortunate somebody lost their life. So we'll just have yeah. to wait and see how it, how, how it plays into his football career moving forward. And I, I did want to I did want to explain very briefly blood alcohol levels because I'm not... I'm not like defending the guy because it's one nine. You're fucking, you're totally drunk. Uh, but there's, they have it broken down that point one nine is very drunk. Anything point two Oh to point two four. You're, you're Matthew McConaughey. You're dazed and confused. Yeah. And then that point two five is where you could black out suddenly. And then anything above a point three one is like you're dead. going into a coma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so this I mean, one was he's just a shade yeah. under point two. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's right there. He was he was toasty. Um, and we got a list of the top ten free agent uh, free agent players. Now this is by Greg Rosenthal of NFL.com. And if you looked at this list, he comes out with it once mm-hmm. a year. This is before re-signings and all that stuff too. So a lot of these top names end up staying where they're at. But uh, let me just run down the top ten that that he gave us. Number one is Lamar Jackson. This yeah. is out in the open. We don't know, but he could very well be a free agent. Doesn't seem like the talks are getting closer uh, with him and the Ravens. He wants a lot of guaranteed money is what I heard. Well, it's, it, it depends on what sort of franchise tag are they going. Are they going exclusive or non-exclusive, you know? Yeah, yes. That'll that'll be an indicator to us because if they go non-exclusive, I don't think Lamar Jackson's mad because he's making like 40 million bucks at that point. But if, the they re- go, if they go non-exclusive, he's making way less, but somebody could come in there and, and give him you know, get him a couple first-round picks and trade for him. That's what I think the last report is, is that the Ravens were looking at non-exclusive. Yikes. So, two, yeah, a couple draft picks for him. Um, QB Geno Smith is his number two. Wow, really? Do you think, I, I would assume he's probably getting re-signed for Seattle unless they want to trade up where they're at in that early draft pick spot with Denver. Well, I mean, he's 32 years old, you know, like, are we really building a team around Geno Smith? Is this yeah. what's happening? You're right. You know? If he gets a contract free agency, it's not going to be for more than three years, I think. Yeah, I think they're probably saying to Geno, hey, Geno, you know, we got a pretty high fucking draft pick here, 
And we'd love to have you around, but we're going to need you to take a little bit of a discount. You know, if you want to stick around Seattle where, you know, your career's going pretty well suddenly. Yeah, it did fit. Yeah, best fit he's had so far. Um, number three is the defensive tackle, Javon Hargrave. That's not surprising. I mean, we, we talked about it was going to be very difficult for Philly to, you know, get back to where they were. A lot of um, these are Philly names, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, number one, look at all the coaches they've lost. Mm-hmm. And number two, look at all the players they're about to lose. There's no way they can re-sign half of these guys. Uh, Chiefs Orlando Brown tackle. Right tackle. Yes, he moved to a right tackle. Uh, QB Daniel Jones, he's asking for almost $40 million. I'd let him fucking walk. That's what I'd do. Yeah, and I think the Giants want him back, but not at that n- number. So we'll see what if they who blinks first. Uh, QB Derek Carr comes under that. Would you have Derek Carr under uh, Dan- uh, Daniel Jones? Oh, I would absolutely have Derek Carr above Daniel Jones. I think Derek Carr is a okay. much better quarterback than Daniel Jones. Yeah, he's got it the other way around. And he's uh, not hes not even that old. He's like 30, you know? Yeah. We're, Carr, once again, I'm not saying build your team around a guy like this, but I think Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Geno Smith. You <laughs> know, I think Derek Carr comes in there and is, is, the, is the best actually available quarterback in the market, taking out, you know, Lamar Jackson, because I don't think he's actually available. Um, and then after that is to... Uh, Coverage guys for the Eagles, safety Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, and cornerback James Bradbury. Yeah, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's going to get paid. I think James Bradbury got paid, um, rebuilt his career. I think he might wind up sticking with the Eagles. I'd be surprised if Gardner-Johnson stays. Uh, Number nine, safety Jesse Bates for Cincy. Love him. Uh, Couldn't believe, I think Jesse Bates is only like 26 years old. He's very young. He came in the league young, I think. He's going to make some money. And then uh, number 10, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. I mean, how much money do you want to pay a running back? You know, <laughs> whatever he gets signed for, you know, Tony Pollard's like, I'm, I feel like I sh- should make that. So, you know, I, I get worried. at that, yeah. Yeah, and I think if you're the Giants and a new – you got a choice there. You can move on from him if you want and be okay. Um, it was an early, early draft pick, but you're a running back. Um, then finally, uh, before we jump into the, the wide receivers, Dan, uh, the NFLPA released their report cards for the first time ever. This was fun news initially uh, in the weekend. Um, this is ranking teams, facilities, staff, and overall treatment of the players. Um, I don't know if you got the list up. I have down the best three uh, of uh, their um, grades were Vikings, Dolphins, and Raiders. And at the bottom, the Washington Commanders. No one is shocked. Zero <laughs> fucking people are shocked. Washington Commanders literally traded Trent Williams because he didn't want to go to their training room. Right. Like, that's how bad it was. There is some glaring F-minuses ranked in there for uh, players to these teams and organizations and stuff. Like uh, the Ravens and their training uh, staff and stuff. That All this talk about injuries and things like that. Like, I was never injured until I went to the Ravens. and yeah. Doesn't sound good. I'm on the Ravens subreddit. Oh man, were they were they after blood for their strength and conditioning coach? Which that and guy got fired, right? I think. Yeah, he did. Steve so Saunders. This, this seems like a kick in the butt on the way out the door for him. Well, um, it was funny. I, I was looking at that list, and I the one thing that stood out for me as a Cowboys fan is I actually think the Cowboys did better than anybody. Do you? Um, oh, absolutely. Because their one negative, the one thing that was a C minus was travel. That's it. Mm-hmm. Which means they're treated so good. <laughs> so good. They don't ever like leaving, baby. That's why it's a C-. minus. 
Dallas oh. Cowboys number one in the offseason. There was another fun little tidbit. The Arizona Cardinals, the only team in the league that charges their players oh. for food if they stay after uh, or work out on off days, things like that. If you're there and it's not a practice, you're getting charged for your meals. Well, I think I think we know why uh, fucking Kyler Murray wasn't staying late now. You know, he's going <laughs> to fucking nickel and diamond him for chicken tenders. Like, yeah, man, fuck you. I get it. All Go right. Home. Um, that's, that's all the news. We spent plenty and probably more time than we needed to on that. Uh, free agency's coming in and that's going to bleed into these prospect looks and stuff too. This is Dan's favorite time of the year, you guys. Mm-hmm. He's, he's delved deep into these, uh, wide receivers. So it's time to discuss them. Uh, we talked about wide res- or quarterbacks last week. We did not have an elite. There is no elite quarterback, uh, prospect in this 2023 NFL draft, but Here's a whole new group of uh, prospects, you guys. We're talking about the wide receivers. These are the guys that will be catching the balls thrown by those quarterbacks. Dan, start us off here. What do you want to say about these guys? Well, I will say this is a very deep class of wide receivers. So if you you know cut your own throat trying to get a wide receiver last year, mm-hmm. um, you, you rushed it because there's a real good group. You might have maybe potentially five first-round draft picks um, that we're going to talk about today. You know, there's a lot of talent here. I don't think, I don't want to give anything away, yeah. um, but I, I think there's five guys here that I could probably have an argument go in the first round pretty easily. Okay, and we've got seven names we want to talk about, right? I wrote down mm-hmm. seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's get it started. Um, I told you during the week that I was taking a guess as to the order you put these guys in, who you like the best or who you like the least. Um, this is not the order you gave them to me. And honestly, it's not the order that I, I think they're getting mocked either. Um, but in taking like what you said and things about them uh, last week too, because you saw a couple of these guys last week. I did. I'm taking guesses here. So here's my guess of who your number one guy is. And sure. then once we talk about him, we can see whether or not he made that elite status. Uh, I think it is the uh, big beast of a guy. He is 6'4", 215, TCU. It's got to be Quentin Johnson. It is not. Oh, it is huh? not. There we go. Who? So, all right. Do you want to talk about him? Start off the um, bat. Your choice. If if you want. Yeah, to let's just... talk about him. We've, okay. We brought him up. Um, so I will make a correction for you for Quentin Johnston. An He's unfortunate not... correction for you. you uh, Quentin Johnston is not six four. Oh. Quentin Johnston came in at six two and six eighths, which is six two and three quarters. So let's call him six three. Okay. He also okay. came in at 208 pounds. Damn. And he yeah, didn't like... he didn't run a 40. Yeah, but, he didn't. He stayed away from the 40 here. And he's probably not a speed guy, right? Oh, he's never really been. I mean, he's got enough speed. There's going to be another guy we talk about that didn't run the 40, and I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit that Quentin Johnston didn't run the 40. If, okay. if you think Quentin Johnston is going to give you 4-3 speed, you're out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> You know, Quentin Johnson is maybe a four, five, four, six guy, but he's got great body control. He's got great, yeah, he's got great agility. Like for a man his size, I, if he was six foot four, maybe I would have pushed him up, like literally, maybe up like five slots in in the first round because that that's a bit of a separation. A six four guy is fucking huge. Um, the strange thing is for his height, being six three, not a great jumper. So I'll get into some negatives. What you normally associate with big wide receivers is a really big catch radius, right? You assume that, hey, if I'm a little out, he can lean, he can get it. Quentin Johnson has the catch radius of a much smaller wide receiver. 
He doesn't tend to long arm shit. He doesn't tend to leap very much. But that being said, when it is inside his catch radius, I like the odds that that thing's going to get catched, get it, get caught. He had eight drops this year, but I thought they were concentration drops, not hand drops. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. I thought his hands are very, very good. There was a couple, you know, plays where he's just laying out for it. Um, he was fucking really impressive to watch. Um, great sense, and this is something that is becoming more and more necessary in the NFL. Great sense of the zone and finding space within the zone. I thought his uh, his awareness against defensive coverages was was probably pro level right now. So getting him into the NFL, learning even more about how to process, you know, getting into soft zones, cover twos, cover threes, and how to work within them, I think he's going to be very productive because he's able to box guys off pretty well. Yeah, big guy. The reason why I had him picked as your top guy is because uh, most mocks, he's mocked usually the the first wide receiver off the board. It's close. Mm -hmm. Um, He's mocked third on NFL.com's grading, but I don't know if they're taking into consideration, like, the route slot guys run. He's going to be an outside guy. He's certainly got oh, yeah. specific things that he's going to do out there. But he's number one on the uh, NFL draft buzzes board too. So he's up there pretty high for other people. But um, his mocking is putting him at best a late top ten draft pick. Where do you have him? I have him mid first round. I okay. have him as a mid first round grade. I, I think he's a legit prospect. I don't have a lot of questions about him. The knock on him is. He's not super physical for a guy his size, but he's six mm. three two oh eight. That's not a heavy dude, you know. If he was maybe another ten pounds, I could I could see where that you know worry comes in. But he's a slender enough guy um, that I he's not an Alshon Jeffrey type. I think that's yeah. the comparison they have for that's it. That's the NFL.com comparison for him. Yep, that's I, the one I, I don't, found. I think it's closer to Sidney Rice. Oh I think, sure. I think he's better in space than Sidney Rice was, but not as good of a jumper. But in terms of like the body control, I think he's right there. Okay. So, you know, it's a first-round talent. Sidney Rice was a first-round talent, um, you know, especially athletically. He never turned into anything, but I think that's the profile, not Alshon Jeffrey. Um, yeah, it's the only one I've found for there, but Sidney Rice is a good one for him. Um, tall guy, but he's got to jump up and take the ball at the, uh, the top of its uh, um, peak there. That's what Sidney Rice did his best. Um, I have yeah. a negative. Yeah, um, please. So I watched him uh, against Oklahoma State where he fucking was insane. Watched him against Kansas where he was fucking insane. Watched him against Michigan where he killed us. Um, And Max Duggan was finding him all the time. Just finding him, like feeding him. And then I watched film against Georgia. I didn't watch the film against Georgia. I'll say that again. I watched the film. I didn't see any film of Quentin Johnston. Oh, he just He was non-existent. He was... Gone. Biggest game of his career, nothing. You know? Now, that being said, Keely Ringo was on him, yeah. and Max Duggan was running for his fucking life from second one uh, because the Georgia defense was just so incredibly good. So it's hard for me to say that he didn't get separation because it's hard to get separation in .2 seconds. So that's something I heard about, too, and we talked about um, Duggan last week, that uh, if Quentin Johnson was dealing with maybe a better quarterback somebody a little bit more accuracy he would have found Quentin Johnson a little bit more often he found him enough I mean Quentin Johnson's production like if you look at the stat line for Quentin Johnson it's lower than you'd think it should be honestly okay um and so I I can give a little knock there to Duggan I mean we're talking about him as maybe a fourth round talent 
But, um, you know, they definitely went to him. He was definitely the number one target at TCU um, and the most talented wide receiver that they had. But, yeah, Quentin Johnston, a first-round talent, not elite. Um, He's a really good blocker. That was actually something that stuck out for me, too. So you're bringing a kid like this in. Not only do you already have some raw physical profiles that you can tweak and, you know, maybe get him, because he does tend to short-arm some catches a little bit, Mm -hmm. but he's protecting himself. Um, but I think if you can get him to trust that his quarterback's not going to put him in bad positions, yeah. you know, how much of that is Max Duggan, you know, <laughs> being like, Hey, you got to go get this. He's like, ah, fuck, I live to play another down. So I, I worry about that. I think he's got a great profile to grow. I would feel very comfortable taking him at 15 or, or worse in the first round and feel good about that. I would feel like that's a steal after 15. But if you had the choice of all wide receivers sitting in that draft board and he's there, he wouldn't be your choice. I'm surprised he would be my number the... two. Okay, he'd be number two. That's good to hear. So uh, for number one, then, I got another guess here um, as we as we proceed. I'm thinking, now this is where I thought I was taking uh, a shot in the dark here of, of thinking, this guy's not up on a lot of people's boards this high, but I bet you've fallen in love with him. You kind of hinted at it last week. I put the second guy as Tennessee's Jalen Hyatt. Also not true. Uh, who uh, Do we want to talk about Hyatt then? Yeah, let's talk about Hyatt. Uh, right. Hyatt is actually my number four. Oh, okay, okay. Hyatt is my number Which four. Which he could be. I think I know the other two that are ahead of you. I'd be surprised if not, but uh, he is – the measurements I had for him before – the uh, um, combine combine hit was six foot even one eighty five. Um, I want to say that's actually that's true. Um, I'll check again, see if they changed it on me. Yeah, six foot one hundred and seventy six. <laughs> okay, so he's yeah, it's getting thinner because thinner. he's working out. Yep. Yeah, so he ran a four four in the combine. He jumped forty, broad jump of over eleven. Athletically, the dude's a freak. The dude yeah. is a freak, and it shows up on film how fucking fast this kid is it is kind of unbelievable um i actually thought 4-4 for what i was seeing on film was slow which is a good sign it means that his play speed is actually better than his time speed and that happens with guys um they they did a comparison to him to deshaun jackson and i don't i don't think that's true i think deshaun jackson was smaller i thought deshaun jackson was faster and actually more agile um but i will say jalen hyatt we talk about those athletic profiles. What do you think you can turn a guy into? This guy very much could be your number one wide receiver for the next 10 years or a guy that struggles to like stay in as your slot receiver because his limitations are pretty pronounced. He barely ran routes at Tennessee. That is He's not to say... He's guy, right? Take the top yeah. off. That's not to say that he ran them poorly. He just didn't really run them. You know, he would run slants and goes. That's kind of all he did. He wasn't shaking dudes with technique he wasn't shaking dudes with agility but when he got the ball in his hands in the open field you saw the difference in talent and speed and skill so if you get him in with a really good wide receiver coach because he's also he's got one thing that i love in what is called a boom or bust prospect you know where it's a guy that's like you know is this guy going to put the work in this guy's a good blocker he's a good blocker if you're a wide receiver that's super fucking fast and you're a good blocker, I like you. You know, okay. it means that you're willing to put yourself into negative situations for your teammates, which means I assume you're willing to work. You know, I assume you're willing to work for the team and not just for yourself. You're not just a glory boy. 
he didn't need to be the guy that ran the crisp, tight, tight routes at Tennessee. They didn't need him for that. That was never asked of him because they had a pretty good wide receiver uh, alongside him. You know, um, Cedric Tillman had a really, really good year, but Jalen Hyatt was their deep threat. That was the guy that pushed the defenses and took the top off the safeties. So I, I don't I don't think his hands are amazing. I think they're good. I think they're good enough. I saw him make some pretty, you know, circus catches. I thought he was pretty solid. Um, he's a little small. I don't, I did not see him get, um, because he doesn't have any of those tricks at the line. If you jammed him and you played him like really, really hard press, he couldn't do anything. And that's a worry. That's a worry. I think it's a changeable worry, but he's a small, thin guy. So yeah. how much strength is he really going to add that's going to take away from some of that speed? You're going to have to get him some technique shit to work on. Um, the reason why it didn't happen all that much is because if you didn't jam him and you pressed him, he burned you because he's just so fucking fast. So that was a thing that NFL teams are, are going to be able to get away with pressing him a little bit more, which will really limit his effectiveness. He, uh, you had Deshaun Jackson for him. A lot of his comparisons are the shorter, fast guys. Um, let me give you the other ones I saw. NFL Draft Bus said Jameson Williams. Okay, Jameson Williams tall. Yeah, Jameson Williams is a taller guy. That's true. Uh, but the speeds there. Both those guys had the yeah, true. Blind and they speed. got track speed. And then Draft Network said Will Fuller. Yeah, actually, Fuller's not bad. I thought Fuller was a little bit more agile and wasn't as fast. But mm-hmm. in terms of body size and the things they did coming out, I think that's pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I thought maybe you, you fell in love with this guy after watching Hooker. But uh, I get fourth. Uh, he is usually that spot when looking at the uh, um, the list of wide receivers and where they're going. Um, the, the guys we're going to talk about next are usually ahead of him out of South Carolina and Ohio State. But... Sometimes he's up to the top. NFL.com has him the number one ranked uh, grade, and maybe that's just because of speed and, uh, I don't know, his agility stuff, but they have him graded at a 6.5, and their grading scale has him uh, boom or bust potential. I I would have him rated as a late first round, early second round prospect. Okay. Um, if, if I feel like I'm missing, you know, weirdly enough, for the Cowboys, <laughs> if we drafted Jalen Hyatt, I would be fucking thrilled to, because it would. I would have two wide receivers in Michael Gallup and you know C.D. Lamb that I'm like, okay, I'm just putting Jalen Hyatt in to extend the fucking safeties out. That's yeah. what I'm doing. I'm creating more space for myself when I when I run three wide receiver packages. So a guy like Jalen Hyatt coming into a pre-existing good wide receiver room is only going to make it better. If you're expecting him to be your number one target right off the bat, he's going to have a pretty rough rookie year. Yeah, the uh, mock draft database, their projected teams, uh, these quarter, these uh, wide receivers that are projecting the first round, Quentin Johnson is around like pick 12 to the Texans who need an okay. offensive weapon. Jalen Hyatt around pick 25, which is the New York Giants. I think they could use that, especially yeah. after Galladay. But then this is exactly what I'm talking about. That's a bad thing because he's coming in and they're saying, you're our number one guy. Yeah, because or, who else is there in New York? Yeah, uh, it's it's a bare kind of room, but um, yeah. what, that Hodgins has destroyed the Vikings in the uh, two games we played them <laughs> last year. Sure, that's true. Okay, so it's not Jalen Hyatt, but it's not. But Quinn what Johnson. backup doesn't randomly destroy the Vikings from time to time? Man. You know what I mean? Amen. No, I think that wide receiver is becoming something. But anyways, uh, so. if it's neither of these two guys as your number one uh, wide receiver, then my guess is gonna be. 
the South Carolina Jordan Addison. Nope. Good God, I just struck out this one. Well, I know who it is now, but Jordan Addison is number two then for you. Or three. Wait. He'd be number three. So who do, you, who do you think is number one? Jackson Smith Najigba? It hurts me to say it, but Ohio State. And we'll get to him in a second. But I do yeah. want to talk about Jordan Addison because I've got a yeah. big surprise for you with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Okay, let's talk about Jordan Addison first year. Third on this list, uh, wide receiver. You have him after Jackson Smith, Najigma, and Quentin Johnson. I do. Um, so there's a couple things with this. Is I am always worried about a guy who was more productive in his sophomore year than his junior year. I'm always sure. wary of a guy whose production is sliding. But then you remember that last year he had Kenny Pickett as a starter when he was at Pitt. And then Pitt, this year yeah. he had Caleb Williams, who won the Heisman Trophy, but was not as prolific of a passer and had way more options than Jordan Addison. Kenny Pickett was really throwing the fucking ball to Jordan Addison all the time. I watched the Western Michigan game in 2021 um, with you know Pitt versus Western Michigan. Oh my God, Kenny Pickett was like, where are you? <laughs> like, just find separation. That's a lot of the talk open. about, yeah, Jordan Addison was that Kenny Pickett was... A, he was his uh, number one, yeah, choice. <laughs> oh, yeah, number one with a bullet and deserved it. Um, I thought the hands, silky smooth. I love the hands. A great catcher of the football. Didn't let shit get into his body. Um, was quick without being like, you know, top end speed uh, shit. You know what I mean? Like he's mm-hmm. not going to be a burner, but had great hands, caught the ball very, very well. Um, did return punts too, which helps you. You know, helps you as a guy. Um, and ran the best routes. I would say ran the second best routes of anybody in this in this draft. And that didn't go away in his junior year. His productivity took a little bit of a drop. But in terms of what he was putting out there on film every week, I thought his route running is consistently good. His hands are consistently good. He knows how to get separation with his body and with his route running. Which, like I said, even if you don't have that top end speed, and I think he clocked in at a four four nine, even if you don't have that top end speed, that take the top off the defense speed, in the NFL, if you can get a little bit of separation, you can get it quick and you can get it predictably, you're going to get the ball. And I think that's where Jordan Addison winds up going. I'm interested in where you have him mocked. I am seeing him usually in the middle of this first round, actually about second or third, sometimes first wide receiver taken. But uh, Mm -hmm. mocked around the area where the Patriots, Packers, Commanders are picking right now. I'd say that's fair. I think he's probably somewhere in the 20s. Um, The the knock on him is does not have great size. Um, You would you would want a guy that is this size to have a bit more thickness. Um, If he's 5'11", you'd like him to be closer to like a Debo Samuel build, obviously. Um, 73 is light, yeah. Yeah, I I thought he was going to come in at about 6'185", like 6'185", when I'm watching the film. Um, But 5'11", 173 isn't isn't horrific. Um, Like I said, he's an agility and route running guy. That's mm-hmm. that's where he's going to be making his money. So he can add a little weight to protect himself, and I don't think it's necessarily going to steal his um, steal his speed. But this one, watching him get in and out of breaks, maybe the, he's the second sharpest in my mind in this draft, getting in and out of breaks. Okay. Uh, the uh, NFL.com comparison was Tyler Lockett. Thoughts I, on this that? is I think he's a poor man's Cooper Cup. Oh, okay. The uh, the Which, one that I mean, came I'd take a with... poor man's Cooper Cup. <laughs> Yeah, Draft Network and Draft Buzz both said Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith had 
a different level of body control. And mm-hmm. Devontae Smith is a former, you know, he's a former elite prospect for us. Yeah. Um, I thought Smith's hands were better. I thought his speed was better. I thought his leaping was better. I thought he was better in every way. Um, the only difference is that Devontae Smith was thin as shit. Like, I think yeah. he was 173 tiny, tiny pounds body. at 6'2". Um, and, yeah, I guess so maybe their, their body types is kind of the same, except just Jordan Addison's even shorter. Um, all right, well, there you go. Jordan Addison then is, is not the number one either. We know it's Jackson Smith and Ajigba. What did we want to discuss about this guy, though? I wanted, well, number one discuss my surprise and, and this is and we've only done two prospects uh spots but dan is putting the ohio state at the top every I'm, time i'm mad I mean, about it guys y'all loving these buckeyes oh i'm mad about <laughs> it i'm real mad but jackson jackson smith in jigba which i had to in learn jigba. how to pronounce it in jigba because i was pronouncing it in jiba yeah um which might be how you know he might just be like yeah whatever in jigba whatever and do what you got to do um but Here's the number one knock, and this is a concern that I will validate for everybody. He barely played this year. Barely mm. played. Um, I think he was in three games. You know, it was like fucking nothing. You know, he just couldn't couldn't get it going. He had a hamstring injury throughout almost the entire season. And then as Ohio State was kind of progressing on, he basically just shut it down. He's like, I'm not coming back to play like one game, hurt myself, and then not be in the NFL draft. Mm. I will sure. say this. We have had another wide receiver that has done something like this, and nobody gave him too much stick, and it was Jamar Chase, who was an elite. Jackson Smith and Jigba is also an elite prospect. Hey, all right, we do have an elite prospect. I had so I was expecting you to put him like fourth on your list, honestly, and you have him as an elite, huh? I am as surprised as you are. Um, I did not anticipate having Jackson Smith and Jigba as an elite prospect, let alone even a first-round draft pick. Um, number one, my pure hatred of uh, you know that team down south always always clouds my vision. But um, if if you just take his sophomore film, if you just take his sophomore film, and you realize the fact that he probably made a business decision as a junior to not like get back in there and fuck himself up, if you're dealing with soft tissue shit. You know, yeah. you're like, hey, I'm a first round draft pick. If, if I rest on my tape right now, I'm a first round draft pick and I feel good about it. And if you Nobody, play on an injury and you're slower, you, that's going to ding you. Yeah. Um, it was interesting watching interviews with um, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave last year. And they're like, who's your favorite wide receiver? And both of those guys were like, Jackson is the best wide receiver I've ever fucking t- like met. Mm. He's the best wide receiver I've ever met. Um this guy's route running is so fucking good. This route running is so fa- fucking fantastic. I couldn't get over how good it was. Um, his short area agility, and once again, I, these were all notes that I had before the combine. And then he comes into the combine, and it all shows up in the numbers. He ran a sub four twenty yard shuttle. He ran a sub six six three cone drill. the The dude's short area quickness is un fucking believable great natural hands um had the agility of a kick returner um there was one play i had to write it down if you watch the film against nebraska in 2021 there is literally a play where uh he's getting the ball thrown to him as he's falling in a break Mm. so he's literally falling he slips trips makes contact with the ball and catches the fucking thing while he's falling to the ground 
The yeah. dude's physical abilities shocked me. Like when you do yourself a favor, watch watch the film for Jackson Smith and Jigba for Nebraska and Utah and have any other opinion than this guy is a fucking unbelievable talent coming into the NFL. I was floored. The knock on him is that he doesn't have that, you know, top speed. He didn't help himself by not running the 40-yard dash and, you know, eliminating that. He might have 4-5 speed. It feels like he, he runs a 4-5, but it's plenty of speed to do everything he needs to do. He's, you know, we're talking like C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson speed, you know. And he's he's six one, great body size, 196, that's great body size. He's yep. built well. He's actually, like, really thick in the base. Like, he's, you know, we talked a little bit about Debo Samuel. He's got a little bit of a Debo Samuel, you know, ass and legs. So, you know, that's... Number one, I'd be ecstatic if I had a guy like that coming in with that level of agility. You know, I know we talk about men's bodies in this in a you know, very homoerotic way, but uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, he thick. The uh, position for him and a lot of mocks uh, have him not the first wide receiver, but not far after the third about uh, Johnson, sure. Addison, him. Um, except for NFL.com and these weird grades, they have him as like the ninth guy. Like he's behind... Uh, Zay Flowers and Tank Dell and weird stuff. So I'm not quite sure their rankings, but everybody else has them about one to three, usually three. Um, mocking them around pick right now, 21, which would be the LA Chargers. Would love to have him fall to 26. Yeah. That'd be lovely. I mean, would, and the Chargers to too. To I don't like know this. what wide receivers they're losing here that they would add a guy like Jackson Smith and Najigba here, but I guess the rich get richer if they do. Yeah. Um, Okay, god dang. So we got an elite. That's awesome. We've got some yeah. guy on, on the, the list now. Leaves us with three more guys uh, to discuss here. I thought the next one on your list seems to be the next one on a lot of other people's. If we're not talking about the Boston College guy who ends up in this spot a lot, maybe mm-hmm. is like the last guy in the first round, Josh Downs? Josh Downs is next. Okay. Josh, Josh Downs, Downs is my, he's my number five. North so Carolina, we, shorter guy, 5'10", 175. Yeah. Little guy um, in a pretty good fight with Jordan Addison in terms of his route running and separation ability. Yeah. Um, Josh Downs, 5'10", and looked smaller. So I was actually surprised to see him come in at 5'10". I thought he was going to be like Darren Sproles level small, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did everything you were supposed to do in the combine. Um, oh, sorry, he was 5'9". That's what I thought. Okay, good. Okay, sure. Um, yep. So yeah, he's 5'9", 171. So, yeah, that's what he looked like. He looked like he was 5'9". He was a fucking little guy. Um, I, I will tell you one thing I love about little dudes. Chippy fucking asshole, this guy. <laughs> what an asshole. You watch this film, and he's just a prick. Every corner that tackles him, he's like, how dare you? You're mm-hmm. like, you know this is a fucking, like, he's supposed to do that. <laughs> I got to take it down. I got to take it down. Josh Downs' attitude, I love it. I love it for like a slot wide receiver, like a nasty little spark plug, Steve Smith sort of dude. That's how he feels to me watching the film. Um, they they gave him the comparison of Kadarius Tony, and I didn't. I don't see it. I see closer to a Steve Smith, honestly. I thought his, his route running is good. His hands are good. Um, separation is good. Horrible blocker. My God, this guy like. The amount of business decisions I was watching this fucking guy make, like, do not run to his side ever. So that's a huge knock for me in a wide receiver is a complete unwillingness to run block. Complete unwillingness. Yeah. So 
to me, Downs falls out of the first round because of that and becomes a high second round pick. But once again, if you have a slot where you know you need a guy, you know, you got outside receivers, you need a slot, you need a guy that's going to get separation in space and catch the ball consistently, Josh Downs is not a bad pickup. Yeah, um, most mocks have him outside the first round, but not far. Uh, they project him right now to pick 35 to the Colts, so they're, they're second round pick to Indy there. Um, comparisons, you write NFL.com says Kadarius Tony. Draft Network said Tyler Lockett and Jahan Dotson. Uh, Dotson's bigger, and I thought, yeah, Jackson's digger, bigger and used his body better. Um, he doesn't use his body, like, to separate. He doesn't, he's not ever going to put his body in front of the ball. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. Like, yeah. if the ball comes to him, he catches it. If the ball's, like, going up and he's got to fight for it, he's not fighting for it. Yeah. You know, you're, you got to throw him, and I don't, I, he's five foot nine, what the fuck's he going to do? Sure, You know, sure. But, but you have to throw it, and he'll, he'll lay out to get it. It's not like he doesn't, um... He's not, like, worried about his body. That's not a knock. It's just, like, he knows that he can't physically win the jump ball. Okay. You know? Um, And then Draft Buzz also put Tyler Lockett and Rondale Moore. Interesting. Okay. Uh, But he's a slot guy, right? He's going to be player slot. Yeah, very unlikely he makes it to the outside. He's just not, like, if you have an actual press corner, they're just going to be able to overpower him. He's going to need to get space. And he's not going to be able to do that physically. He's going to have to do it through agility and route running, which he's got in spades. Um, and then it leaves us here with two more guys. You uh, already let me know that I was wrong that Rasheed Rice is not your last guy on here. So he must be their next one. SMU's Rasheed Rice. He is. Uh, Rasheed Rice, the best way I can describe him is third wide receiver Rasheed Rice. <laughs> it's yeah. like, that's not a bad thing. You know, sure. in in this NFL, you know, you need at least three capable wide receivers. You have to now, yeah. You have to. You know, if this was the 1980s, Rasheed Rice is probably a fifth-round pick, honestly, fifth mm-hmm. or sixth. I think there's a chance he goes early third um, just because he checks, you know, some boxes that you kind of just need to fucking check. Um, Rasheed Rice is a big enough dude. I think he's, what, 6'2", I want to say? They have uh, Oh, he came in at 6'1". Yeah. They have him, so he came in at the combine at 6'1", 205. Yep. Plays bigger than that. He ran a 4'5'1". I'd say that's accurate for the film. Um, he looked good. He had a good vertical. This is another thing that he does very, very well. He's a great leaper for the ball. Um, can get body separation, you know, does a pretty good job there. I feel like SMU didn't ask him to become a better wide receiver, and this is what worries me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, when he's running his routes, it's not fluid. It's not evolved. It's just, like, he's running until he hits his mark, but it doesn't seem like he's trying to shake the corners or shake the safeties. It just seems like I have to go from here to here, and then the ball will be on me. And for the most part, it was. Um, you know, he was targeted. He was a, a good wide receiver for them. He would... Um, block. He was a more than willing blocker. Didn't seem like, even with his athletic profile, that he had a good sense for his body. You know, like he wasn't, he would go up and try to get, like, get the ball, but you would never see him, like, physically box out the corner to go get it. I feel like there was way more contested jump balls that he should have come down with oh. because he generally had two inches, three inches on everybody that was defending him. Yeah. His, uh, his mocking is second day, probably, probably third round. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Middle of third round, too. There's guys that'll go before him um, that we won't talk about. Uh, Zay Flowers, maybe Cedric Tillman of uh, the other guy from Tennessee. 
Wouldn't be shocked if Tillman went and Zay Flowers. I'm, I'm hearing Zay Flowers potentially in the first round. Which yeah, is like, he's r- jumping up the boards. Um, and then Tyler Scott, Nathaniel Dell for Houston. I think goes by Tank. I saw on the thing, yep. Tank Dell. Those are guys. Yeah, so those are other notable wide receivers we're not talking about, but they will be guys uh, that your favorite team will be taking come late April. Um, but it leaves us with oh, the comparison I had for Rasheed Rice before we move on was uh, from Draft Networks. It was Chris Godwin. Um. Yeah, that's not bad. I I would actually say, I, I'm I'll give you a a cowboy. I would say Michael Gallup. Okay. Um, I would say Michael Gallup with uh, you know slightly less body control. Gallup's body control is unreal. Yeah, he's got a good guy. Okay. Well, that leaves us with just the guy from LSU, Kayshawn. Is it Boot? So it is Booty. Booty or Boot or Boot T. Boot T. Boot Kayshawn Boot T. I will say I'll tell you this. No matter how you pronounce it, Kayshawn is booty. <laughs> yeah, it seems like you didn't really care for this guy when you saw his tape. Is that right? Uh, and I'll tell you what. A really good comparison is between Kayshawn. I'm gonna just call him booty. Kayshawn booty and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Oh, okay. Both dudes whose sophomore tape, whose sophomore production is fucking great. It really is. Like. You know, Jackson gets an injury, doesn't really do anything in his junior year. Kayshawn Booty uh, changes from number one at LSU to number seven at LSU, mm. which is basically the equivalent of saying, I'm fucking amazing. Yeah, I'm the best guy if, on the team for LSU. I'm the best guy on the team. If you're number seven at LSU, you better be the best motherfucker we got available to you. That was Patrick um, Peterson's number. That was who are the, Who's been some number sevens just to kind of give him Tyron a, Matthew. That's right, um, yeah. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, just got cut by the Buccaneers, running back. Oh, uh, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, Leonard Fournette. He was, you know, he was that guy. Um, yeah, it, it's just it's one of those things where, like, if you wear that number, you have got to be the fucking guy. Um, you know, Tyron Matt. Yeah, there's a list. Leonard Fournette, Tyron Matthew, DJ Chark, who we loved, mm-hmm. um, Grant Delpit, who I loved, and then uh, Jamar Chase. Um, but he never actually changed it. He was going to be seven going into his junior year, but then never suited up. Uh, so he only wore the one in college. Oh, okay. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So he changes yeah. the seven and then why didn't he not suit up? It was COVID year, but he also realized he had, he had done enough on film that he was a top five pick. Wait, well, what happened to him last year? Who? Uh, boot, booty. Why oh, we... he just sucked. Oh, okay. That's, that's the, that's the big thing. So, I will, I'll qualify a couple things. The worst film I've maybe ever seen on a D1 first round talent prospect was his film against FSU this year. It is so bad. It's so fucking bad. It is a dude who does not want to be there, doesn't give a shit, isn't playing for his team, and is not like even looking for the ball. There's literally a ball. He's on a fucking quick post it headed to the end zone the ball literally hits him in the fucking hands he didn't even look at the quarterback like his this film is so fucking bad it is unbelievable it changed the way I looked at him for the rest of the scouting and then something very bad happened to Mr. Booty he went to the combine and took a shit he went to the combine, and a guy who th- everybody thought, okay, he can redeem himself if he runs like a four three, ran a four five. 
This is a guy that needed to run in the four threes. He needed it. Had a 20-yard shuttle of 4.25. That's a huge separation between him and a truly agile guy. And his broad jump was under 10, so you know that they're not looking at that you know, big leg power. And his vertical, Scott, his vertical was 29 inches. What that shows me is this is a guy that's not working. This is a guy that doesn't give a shit. This is a guy that gave up on his team. And this is a guy who bought into his own fucking hype. Yeah. That is a huge, huge red flag for me. This is the farthest I have seen what was initially an elite prospect fall since, strangely, LSU's own, Arden Key. Oh, yeah. And you liked Arden Key, too. I loved Arden Key. I loved Arden Key, but the, the film told you everything you needed to see. You know, his junior film was fucking bad. If the best thing Kayshawn could have done for himself was never suit up for LSU this year. If he had just stood on his sophomore film, we're talking about him as a first-round draft pick. Um, the mock, though, that I'm seeing him is not far out of the first round. They have him, like, pick 56 here. Uh, maybe the seventh wide receiver taken at, in total. Wouldn't take him above the fifth round. Wow. He's going to yeah. go. He, I think he's going to definitely go earlier than that. People like wide receivers. Sure. I mean, there was... Do you remember when Tyron Matthew was coming out and people were like, oh, he's a first-round talent, first-round talent. And they're like, but he smoked weed. <laughs> You're like, okay, sure. You know, yeah. This is back when that could like really destroy a man's career. Um, this is worse. This is much worse because this is a guy whose film shows him giving up on a team, not being collaborative. He had a huge bit of fucking drama with LSU where he initially said he was coming back for his senior year. And Brian Kelly basically said, no, you oh. should declare for the NFL draft. Ugh. Yeah, so when your own head coach... Now, I will give you this. Brian Kelly's a bit of a prick. Brian Kelly kind of sucks. If you know, This was a guy that was recruited by and played for Ed Ogeron, who everybody loves. Everybody loved Coach O. You know? Coach O won a national championship with Joe Burrow, the coolest motherfucker in town, and Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. Of course. Fuck yeah, you want that shit. But Brian Kelly had a very specific way he wanted this to be run. Uh, Kayshawn Booty didn't show up to the facility when he was injured, which Brian Kelly was like, no, no, that's fine. I know you're injured. You don't have to participate in practice, but like, you got to be here. Like, you got to be here for your teammates. And Booty was just like fucking pouting. And Yikes. then that FSU game, he's like, I'm not getting targeted enough, and he's pouting. And then he would catch the ball, and every time somebody tackled him, he's like, oh, it's like Shakespearean fucking acting. Do you think it's um, a lot of this might rely on like his interviews? He gets in front of some people and says the right things, and they're like, well, he does have some physical talents, obviously. I, I would say before the productivity he put up at the Combine, yes. After this Combine, no. Uh-oh. I, I don't think there's a chance he goes even in the first two rounds. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if somebody goes, hey, boom or bust, look at the sophomore tape. This guy's going to be something. We just got to get him in the right area. But I wouldn't want to touch him before the fifth round. I, I think, sure, the talent is there, but there's so many issues that you've got to kind of get through with the guy. Um, you know, he's he actively regressed in his junior year. Now, granted, he did have two ankle surgeries, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that would that would worry me worse. You know, you have a guy that's coming back from ankle surgery, and it's it'd be one thing if he's like, hey, man, I just couldn't get it physically. I just couldn't go. And it's another thing entirely to be like, yeah, I could go, but I didn't want to. 
you know, I, I just wasn't as productive because of my ankle. It's like, no, then shut it down, dude. Like nobody, nobody would be fucking mad at you. If he had just had ankle surgery and never played as a junior, he's a first round draft pick. Dang. Well, then there's the the point of it. You got to choose your eight moments. You got to get in this uh, draft uh, capital when it's when it's the hottest, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But what we have now is another seven prospects added to the list, the ever-growing list that we'll be doing here through this offseason of NFL prospects. We'll keep this thing going now. The next episode, uh, we've got some conflicts of uh, time here, so we'll get it out to you as soon as we can. Uh, with this off season, sometimes it's it's in flux. So subscribe, and that way your phone tells you when the new episode's there. You don't even have it to just, check the site. It just pings you. Yeah, You're good. It'll, it'll let you know. Turn on the notifications. Uh, otherwise, I'll let you know. I'll try to post a Facebook or a tweet out there somewhere. Uh, but there we go. Uh, to re-rack us of the wide receiver prospects here. Dan has himself an elite person on the list already. Jackson Smith Najigwa. So right now, this guy could be one overall. Like he's worth it is what he's saying here. So, <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, listen. I like what I saw in Stroud. I <laughs> quarterbacks are so important. But yeah. like, yeah, if if Injigbo went in the top five, I'd be like, okay, that's you get not, yourself you know. a, a talent right away. Somebody just step right in. Quentin Johnson, number two on his list. Jordan Addison, USC three. Jalen Hyatt four for Tennessee. Then he goes to Josh Downs, Rasheed Rice and Kayshawn Booty. Uh, those are in the list of the seven that we looked at here. Dan, um, any other guys you want to talk about before we wrap this thing up? Um, well, I mean, we talked a little bit about uh, our boy Tillman there yeah. um, out of Tennessee. I think he's going to wind up being something. Um, there is, who's the fucking kid? Zay Flowers out of Boston College also could wind up being there. He's another smaller guy that is probably in that conversation with Josh Downs as maybe like the fifth or sixth guy. Um in here, but yeah, I mean, I would I would not be surprised to see up to eight wide receivers go in the first round. So, because too, I'm a Vikings fan. Let's talk about this. Uh, Josh Downs there is top of the second round. The f- top of the second round was going to be the Chicago Bears, but they traded that pick away to bring in Chase Claypool. Mm-hmm. Looking at these wide receivers now that you have, do you think that's where you'd rank Chase Claypool in this draft capital, early if, second if round? He was- if he was coming out now, yes, I would. I think he'd be in the the top of the second round. But that being said, you don't have a rookie coming in. You have a guy, and but you could put that either way. You say, hey, this is a guy that you know has he's come got in. some he's starting. Got, yeah, capable. he's got some starting. He's got some experience. So yeah, I'd I'd say that's actually not a horrible trade if Claypool can do anything. Yeah, from this point there. on. Um, but yeah, it's it's reasonable. It's also it's basically a number one pick, honestly, All that right. they gave up for Claypool. Well, guys, so there you have it. That's our show for this week. Again, we we go nice and long for you, so I hope you guys are enjoying it and have the time to listen to this episode because we sure enjoyed doing it for you. Um, let's wrap this up. I've got uh, the only crazy stat I came up with this week is I th- as long as I found this article not super old, <clears throat> Dan, do you want to have a guess of who has the most of college teams, wide receivers drafted? Which college has the most wide receivers drafted? into this nfl league yeah i mean lsu has been making a pretty good push recently lsu is not it they have had 32 according to this i'm gonna say usc yes but there is also another team tied with them at 40 usc and uh usc and miami that's right you got them yeah usc and Miami. those are those are the nice college guesses right right 
They're up at the top. Florida and Tennessee now are at 37 apiece, so they're right after them. Wow. And Ohio State, 35. Uh, oh, here's a surprise. Tennessee making one. a push. San Diego State, 33. Really? <laughs> That's what it says. That's crazy. Those Aztecs. Um, all right, guys. A lot of guys taking the third and fourth round, I guess. I guess. That's our show. Uh, those are the wide receivers. Last week we had the quarterbacks. Next week, Dan, what of our prospect group? We're going to be talking about those hybrid monsters, the tight ends. Uh, there's some kids, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, we're going to talk about him. He was on our list beforehand. But, oh, boy, I'm going to go back and look at the film again. Darnell Washington out of Georgia. Jesus fucking Christ. He had a good The numbers combine. this guy put up. Yeah. My God. So we'll talk about him next next time as well as all the other prospect tight ends that are on Dan's list. So you want to come back and hear about them if you guys need to fill a, a tight end spot for your team. Thanks so much for listening. <clears throat> Excuse me. Another episode of the Push Off Podcast. I am Scott. And this is Dan. You have yourself a wonderful week. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.